We're going to continue the message from last week. Finding yourself starts with giving yourself away. Finding yourself starts with giving yourself away. Question is, how much are you giving yourself away? You know, if I would have thought we could have had a, a thing up here, the top 10 answers that people have an excuse for on why they can't give themselves away. Was that family feud where they've got it on there? They go and they ask people different questions. They've got all the top answers. But I think the top answer literally would be, I don't have time. I don't have time. I can't give myself away. I just don't have time. And I've been saying this over and over again, service after service. If you don't have time, make time. It's literally that simple. If you don't have time, make time. You say, well, how do I make time? What do you have in your life that isn't as important as God? Think about it for a moment. What we're saying to God when we can't make time for him is we're saying, God, all these other things in my life, I mean, in reality, this is what we're saying. God, all these other things in my life are more important than you. Man, y'all are quiet. But really, that's what we're saying to God. I just don't have time for you. Because all these other things in my life mean so much to me that I'm not willing to take something out to make time for you. Some of y'all, it's just a sacrifice to get here on, on Sunday. And praise the Lord you made it here. I thank God for that. And that was step one. Hallelujah. You made it. Step two, now we've got to make some time for the relationship. I can stand up here and lead you to Christ, but I can't make you follow him. I can read this word until I'm blue in the face, but it won't do anything to you if you don't accept it. You've got to make a decision that I'm changing my life. I'm changing some things. You know, when I, when I gave my life back to Jesus, it wasn't even about going through to try to figure out, well, what can I eliminate out of my life so that I can have time for God? No, I was so excited for God that everything else just fell away and I was like, God is my number one. But you know what happens when we become a Christian and we become stagnant in our faith? All of a sudden we begin to have all these other things in life and God gets put on the back burner. And we wonder why the church becomes lukewarm. Or we wonder why the church has completely fallen away from God it's not because they woke up one morning and said, ooh, I'm going to find a bunch of other stuff to do rather than spend time with God today. No, it was that other things just became important in our life and we began to set God on the back burner. Not that we don't love him, but, you know, we just stopped having the relationship. I mean, I know you can have some good relationships. A lot of people, when, when they come to a church, they have these good relationships. And all of a sudden, when they leave the church or someone else leaves the church and they go to another church or they stop going all together or whatever it might be, all of a sudden the relationships, sadly, start to fall apart. Yeah. What happens? They, they begin to be distant 
things begin to come between the relationship. And before you know it, over time, you're not even hardly talking to that person anymore. You feel like, what happened to my best friend? What happened to those we were so close? What happened? It wasn't that you just stopped loving the person or stopped caring for them. It was that other things began to get in the way of your relationship. And before you know it, the relationship went off course. But I ask you today, where's the relationship? Has your relationship gotten off course? Or have you ever had the relationship? The relationship with Christ makes all the difference. I mean, without a relationship, how can we know what he wants us to do? Well, pastor, I just don't know what God wants me to do. Well, how's your relationship with him? How's the relationship? And a relationship is, and I say this often because I find with our normal flesh, we like to ask of things. Sometimes a relationship with God is going with all the prayer requests. Well, pastor, I'm not just praying for me. I've got a whole list of prayer requests. But could you imagine a relationship with an individual that all you're doing is coming to them with requests? Do you ever tell them how much you love them, how much they mean to you, how great they are? Do you ever ask them how their day is? When's the last time you asked Jesus how his day was? Jesus, how was your day? Have you seen many people getting saved today? Any lives, man? If only I could see the miracles that you did today. Man, I bet you did some awesome stuff today, God. You know what? I'm going to stand up and I'm going to be one of those that you use as well. I'm going to go wherever you tell me to go. I'm going to give myself away. Because when you give yourself away is when you find yourself. You know, we can tell this whole happy sermon and happy message about what God can give us and God can do for us and what God this and God that and how you can have a happy life and you can have all these things. But, but one thing I notice in those messages is they never tell you how to get that. Right. Oh, the Lord just wants you to, to be happy. He just wants you to have this. God's going to come and turn everything around. God's going to do this. God's going to do that. Nowhere in Scripture does it say God's just going to do that. Right. It was all off of obedience. Right. And if we give the promise without the answer or the solution to receive the promise, what's the use of knowing the promise? Yes, God can come through and transform your life, but it starts with giving yourself away. But listen... And we're going to talk even about serving, giving yourself to God, but it doesn't start with serving. It starts in the closet. It doesn't start. Some people will serve so much that, that it looks like they're so anointed on the outside because they serve so much, but what's really inside of them? Sometimes we serve extra because there's nothing inside of us. Serving doesn't make you a Christian. Serving can help the church, but it doesn't make you a Christian. And if you're serving, but you don't have the relationship, now your serving is by your own hands rather than by the power of God. 
So you may be to a place that I'm doing so much, serving so much, I don't have any time for myself. I don't have time for God. I guarantee you, and I promise you, if you go back and get the relationship with God that you need, when you serve, it'll be that much more impactful. When you serve, you can do so much more in a little amount of time. Some people say, you know, Pastor, I try to, I need to read my Bible more, I need to pray more, all these things, but I just, I need my rest. Well, praise the Lord, God gives you rest. You find rest in His presence. I'm telling you what, I mean, I can tell you, even when we had, in the 90s, the revival services that I was in, I mean, we barely slept at night. You just go from service to service to service to service to service to service. You didn't have to sleep. Why? Because God gave you rest. You found rest in his presence. You found rest in the anointing. You found rest coming to him. And God begins to do something when you begin to pour yourself out. We've got to find our place. What makes you feel like you're fulfilling your purpose? You know, once you've got the relationship and you've done this, then you figure out what God wants for you. But in order to know what he wants for you, you've got to have the relationship. A lot of times serving in our community, or maybe we serve in church, or, or maybe we serve wherever God's calling us to. Whatever it is, serving God. Keep serving God and you will find where you're supposed to be. Fulfillment doesn't come until you give yourself away. Say it again. Fulfillment doesn't come until you give yourself away. And again, giving yourself away starts in the closet. Giving yourself away starts where no one else sees it. Giving yourself away starts when it's just you and God. God, I'm coming to give myself to you. And then when you come where no one else sees it to give yourself to God, then he begins to direct your path then he begins to open up doors and he begins to speak to you where you should be, what you should do. And, there's, and let me tell you, there's different seasons that you go through on where you serve. There's never a different season in your life if you, you worship God or not, if you have a relationship with him or not. But with your serving, there's different seasons. And I've, I, I've come to see throughout my life that with serving, that there were different seasons of different things. And what God was doing is he was building my character in different areas of my life and different places that I served. And different places that I did. And even stepping out of, of my comfort zone. A lot of individuals never step out and find what God has for them because they're too concerned of being in their comfort zone trying to do what God has for them. Why well, just feel like nothing that I'm doing is feels like it's what I'm supposed to do? Why well, ask you today? Are you doing? Is everything that you're stepping out of doing doing within your gifting of the natural? Is it all within your your abilities? Is it all within the things that you like to do? Or do you ever step out in things that you really don't want to do, but you feel the Lord calling you to do? Or that you're not capable of doing, but you hear God saying, do it. But so often God said, I'm calling you to something, but if you keep trying to do it by your own strength, your own power, you'll never step out into what I actually have for you. Because what he's calling you to isn't something that you can do by your own strength and your own power. But are you willing to step out in it? Are you willing to take that extra step? Are you willing to go forward?
You know, a lot of times, I don't know what God's called me to do. I've been listening. I've been hearing. I know I'm supposed to do something. Well, just start doing something. Start somewhere. Let God lead your path. Many say, well, I am. I've done everything that I want to do or I'm good at. And like I said, that's the problem. Stop just looking where you're capable of doing things and start listening to where God's calling you to do things. We often do what we can do in the natural rather than what he's calling us to do. And let me tell you, from my own experience, when you step out to do what God's called you to do, the first time you do it, you may not be good at it. You may feel like you missed it, like you failed miserably, but you also don't step out into things that you're not good at when you aren't called to do it. For example, worship. I'm not going to step out in worship, I'll worship but not lead worship if I ain't been called to do it. Now, if God called me to do it, you better bet I'll be like, praise the Lord God, because you're going to do a miracle and everyone in this house is going to see it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Dear Lord Jesus. <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is just because you don't look around and go, oh, I'm not good at that, Pastor, I want to I get on the worship team. No. What I'm saying is, for example, preaching the gospel. That wasn't my natural gifting. That wasn't anything there for it. I'm like, God, that's, I can't do that. God, that's out of my comfort zone. God, that's not something I'm good at doing. God, I know there's something else. Just go ahead and let me know what else I'm supposed to do. But you know what we can do? We can ignore the call for so long that eventually we stop hearing what the Holy Spirit's telling us to do. And then we wonder why. You know, some of you, I, I know some of you today have probably been to a place, I felt God called me to do this when I was a child, but it just never happened. Why hasn't it happened? Could it maybe be, one, that it could be for another season, but two, could it be because now you've ignored it for so long that you're not even hearing it anymore? You know what happens when we ignore the Holy Spirit? We start getting in a state of ignoring the Holy Spirit for so long that we no longer hear Him. Why do you think people go from being convicted in church of their sins to before you know it, their sin just becomes a lifestyle and they never change that? It's because they continue to block out the voice of the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit says, you need to change, you need to change, you need to change, you need to change. Don't, don't you want to get rid of that in your life? Get closer to me. Get rid of that. Get rid of that. And we stop. We start ignoring it, and we learn to ignore that voice that now anytime the Holy Spirit speaks to us, we don't hear him anymore. Why? Because we're ignoring the voice. We've completely blocked it out. I don't want to hear that voice. If God loves me, he's just going to have to accept me the way I am. Well, let me tell you, you've got a heart problem. That's all there is to it. You've got a heart problem. Why? Because when you love God, you want to say, God, here's my everything. Change me, God. Whatever it is you don't want me doing and you want me to change differently, God, here I am. Do a work in me and complete that work that you started in me, God. God, whatever it is, I want to work out that salvation which is in me, Lord God. And all of a sudden we get to a place that we're excited when God reveals things rather than being condemned. You know where condemnation comes from? is that when God reveals things and we ignore it, and we keep doing it over and over again, and the devil goes, look at you, you terrible heathen. Well, what happens is, when we go, well, I ain't got to do it no more. 
Jesus, I need help. Don't try to do it on your own. Ask him for help. Ask him for help to take the desire away. Don't, don't ask God to, to make you stop sinning. Why? Because God told you to stop sinning. Right. And people come for prayer. I just need God to make me stop sinning. No, he told you to stop it. Why? Because he's already given you the strength to overcome the desires of the flesh. He's given you the strength with him. But what does it consist of? Is when it seems hard, you get back to him. My strength comes from you. My source is from you. So when you feel like you can't do it, you get back to him. Start with fasting. Well, I can't get rid of this certain desire in my life. Well, let's get rid of the desire for food first. And all of a sudden, when you get rid of that, it's like everything else starts breaking off. God, here I am. Like, well, I just can't do that. Go to God and say, God, you're my strength. You're my provider. You're my everything. You're where my food comes from, Lord. I need you to give me strength. Fill me up today, Father. And he'll begin to do it. But when do you press it? Listen, you say, but pastor, it's hard. If everything about it were easy, everybody would do it. Yes, there's blessings from following God. And if it was just easy to get to the blessings, the whole world would just be following God. But guess what? Once you press in, it becomes something you get excited about. It becomes something that brings forth joy. But like anything else in life, to get to something great, sometimes it takes pushing a wall down. Sometimes it takes pushing in when it's hard. Sometimes it takes, I'm not giving up. God, I'm going forward even when it's painful. God, I'm going forward even when it looks like I'm in sinking sand. God, I'm going forward even when the enemy's coming at me from every direction. God, because I know that when the enemy is camped around me, you've already made a, a, a table for me, Lord God, in the midst of my enemy, Lord God, that you've protected me, Father, that you've given me peace in the midst of my enemies, Lord God, that when I go forward, there you are. When I go forward, you're making a way for me, Lord God, that no matter what I do, there you are as long as I'm following you, Lord God, because you said in your word that you'll never leave me nor forsake me, Father God. And all of a sudden, when you begin to go forward, God begins to do a work. You know why faith, stepping out of faith can be so hard? Because what are we doing? We're stepping out of our flesh. My flesh says it's impossible, but my God says all things are possible. So it's literally saying, this is my flesh in which I live in, but I've got to step out of my flesh out of what the natural says into the impossible realm so that God can work. And when we step into the impossible realm is when God begins to do the impossible. But until we step out, we're just waiting for something to happen. Listen, church. Once you give yourself away to Jesus is when you begin to find yourself. You begin to realize how much better you feel to give rather than to receive, and that's the way that it was designed. Acts chapter 20. Turn with me there. Acts chapter 20, verse 32 through 35. It says, So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. Say it again. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is what? Able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. He goes, I have coveted no one's silver nor gold or apparel. 
Yes, you yourselves know that these hands have provided my necessities. And for those who were with me, I have shown you in every way by laboring like this, laboring, giving myself away, that you must support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. He says he's able to build you up. He's able to do these things. That when you begin to give yourself away, you begin to find yourself. When you give yourself away is when you begin to feel the fulfillment that you've been desiring and looking for. But the enemy perverts everything. And in the world that we live in, we've come to the conclusion in our world that the more we have of the world, the more happy we'll be. So why is it some of the richest of the richest are the most depressed? Why is it Hollywood... We see commit so many suicides, overdoses so much. We begin to prove to us that the more you have isn't the happier you'll be because what the enemy does is perverts and spins everything. So if in reality and in the spiritual realm, the more you give away, the more you receive. The more you give away, the more you'll be fulfilled. What does the enemy do? Take, 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 take. You want more, take more. No, God says, you want more, give more. Amen. You want more, give more. And how much are we giving away? How much are we saying, I, I need more, Lord? I need more. God, I need more of you. Give more of yourself to him. God, I want more. Give more. Whatever it is, any year of your life, you want more, give more. It's a simple concept. I mean, he tells you when you give, He'll open up the floodgates of heaven and pour out more than you can contain. It's about tithing. When you give in your fight, he'll, he'll pour out more. I, I apply it to every area of my life. Let's give more away. God will give me more. Let's give more of myself. Give more of my time. God will give me more. I don't know how I fit in all the stuff I fit in, but God makes a way. And the more I fit in, the more time he gives me. I don't know how it's possible, but it just works that way. He's saying all these, listen, that even these hands are to help you. He said, I, I go forth in my hands and I labor. I do things. But it wasn't about what we could save up. It was about what we can give. And then he said, and then you'll receive it as your inheritance. But here's the problem today, church. I see a lost and dying world. One thing that's even worse is that our children are being raised up in this lost and dying world. I began to see a downward spiral in the world and in the church. But by faith, I see things turning around. By faith, <laughs> I see God not leaving us. By faith. Listen, it takes a lot of faith, but by faith, I begin to believe that God knows what he's doing to speak to the lukewarm to wake them back up. That God knows how to wake the church back up. There are times I've told people in conversations, I've said, you know what? I ain't got any faith in people. I said, but praise God, I got faith in God. 
Meaning, sometimes when I look at the way the, the, the so-called Christians or God's people is going, I'm like, they've lost my hope. But then I get back to God and I get my eyes off of them and I get my eyes on him and he says, but you have hope in me. And just know that I know what I'm doing. And I say, God, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. And I believe I'm telling you what, church. God is speaking to people, waking them up. I mean, even in our, our, our church, I find it mind-blowing. It shouldn't be because obviously God knows what he's doing. But one of the things that, that caused us, one of the hindrances that the enemy used to cause us not to grow for so long was the fact that we didn't sugarcoat anything. Preach the truth. Preach it just like he says it. People didn't want to hear it. But I see a, a, a people rising up and saying, we're sick and tired of the sugar that's killing us, and we're ready for the truth that sets us free. And the very thing that, that caused us not to grow is the very thing causing us to grow today. How awesome is God? Be faithful with the little and I'll give you more. And I truly believe, I'm telling you, church, I truly believe that, that we're coming into a time in this nation that people are either going to have to get on the bus or get off the bus. That there's no longer hanging on to the side. There's no longer dragging behind it. But it's time things are speeding up. And if you're just hanging on to the outside of the bus, let me tell you, you're either going to have to jump in or you're going to have to get off. And I believe that God's getting ready to do something in his church and in his people that is going to radically wake people up, that is going to get people fired up and excited to go out and do what God's called them to do. And those that have gone dormant in their faith are beginning to wake up. Those that have gone dormant in their faith are beginning to do again. Those that have gone dormant in their faith are getting back on their knees again that God is moving and doing something powerful. And I'm telling you today, it'll begin to wake our children up. It'll begin to wake the dead up. It'll begin to do something in this nation like we've never experienced before. But I'm telling you today, in the midst of it, I believe you'll see people just get off the wagon because they're going to say it's too hard. But the ones that are saying, I'm willing to go deeper and I'm willing to do what looks hard in the natural, that all of a sudden when they step in and step out in faith, they'll begin to receive what they been looking for the whole time. They'll begin to find fulfillment in God. They'll begin to rejoice in what God has been calling them to do. And all of a sudden, uh, a dormant almost fire that there's been a little flame that's been going. And it's almost like America's been having to blow on the flame, blow on the flame, trying to get it to go. That all of a sudden it's a time that is sparking and becoming a big burning fire that will begin to spread spread across the nation and do what God's been calling it to do. But I'm asking you today, are you going to run away before it happens or are you going to get on the boat? You're going to get on there and say, God, I'm running with you. God, I'm doing what you've called me to do. God, I'm going to be a part of the end time revival. I'm going to be a part of America waking up. I'm going to be a part of the world seeing your fire. I'm going to be a part of the gospel reaching every area 
of the world. It could be you that reaches the last parts of the world that have never experienced Jesus Christ. But you've got to get to a place that if I go over there to make the door open and I'm martyred for what I'm doing, so what? I died in the will of God. But we've gotten to a place that we've made this false Jesus. That if someone's martyred for Christ, we think they're out of his will. Oh, well, they must have just missed it. God wouldn't have let that happen. God let his son die on a cross for our salvation. Why? Because he loved us that much. And if God knows that letting us, allowing us to die for his namesake to win more souls out of the pit of hell so we get to go and experience our next life even greater and quicker than ever, so be it. So how is that a bad thing? So all of a sudden we get to a place, and I see this, that individuals go forward to make a way, and where there wasn't a way, and there wasn't an open door, and they weren't willing to listen to the gospel, that they begin to martyr people. And in the midst of martyring people, all of a sudden it begins to open their eyes to say, wow, these people really do believe in what they're saying. They're not cowards. They're coming with faith. They're coming with power. And it begins to open the door for more to come in and reach them. And if the church would begin to stand back up, even in this country, we've been pushovers for so long. We've allowed things to be taken from us. Why? Because we don't want to offend people. We don't want to upset anybody. We'd rather just live comfortably rather than have to fight. Comfortable days are over, church. It's time to go to battle. It's time to fight. It's time to say, yes, Lord. God, I'm going forward. God, I'm going to do what you've called me to do. And I'm telling you what, you know what? There's plenty of other churches believe just the way we do. But even if we were the only one left, even if we were just like Noah and it was just him and his family left, let me tell you, there's enough here to change the world. There's enough here to change the world forever. Why? Because that's how God, God only needs one of us. That's it. And look around how many more he's got. God used Jesus. Jesus grabbed 12. One of them decided to be a heathen, but you know, God still used them. It was part of his plan. It was part of his plan. But are you willing to be used? You know, in the bodybuilding world, we say pain is weakness leaving our body. It's the same thing in the spiritual realm. Go through a little bit of pain and all of a sudden you get stronger. Step through a few little things that, that seems a little painful, push through and watch what God does. God's looking, are, are, are you willing to do it? Why is God going to send you out somewhere when you're not willing to do anything? But here's what's awesome. He's already given you the power. He's already done it all. And he's saying, now go. Go. Do something more. Go forward. Change it. I see the church coming together and reaching out. I see us no longer living in Egypt, no longer wandering in the wilderness, but entering into the promise. Amen. That it's time we enter into the promise of what God has said that the last days shall look like. The last days of us going out and healing the sick. The last days of us raising the dead. The last days of us casting out demons. The last days doing what God is calling us to do. That he will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. 
And I want to be part of helping him pour out his spirit upon all flesh because I'm saying, God, I'll go and I'll take it to wherever you want me to. God, I'll do whatever you want. Isaiah 58, 10 through 11. I'm sorry, it's in the Amplified. I didn't tell you all back that. But it says, and if you offer yourself to assist the hungry and satisfy the need of the afflicted, then your light will rise in darkness and your gloom will become like midday. And the Lord will continually, say continually. Continually. He'll continually guide you and satisfy your soul in scorched and dry places. So when you feel like it's all chaotic, when you feel like you shouldn't be satisfied, when you feel like in the natural you don't have, he says that he'll continually do this and he'll satisfy your soul in the midst of it all. He says, and give strength to your bones. How many of y'all need strength today in your bones? He says he'll give you strength in your bones and you will be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. So a watered garden bears forth tons of fruit. But you also be just as a spring of water whose waters do not fail. So he's saying, here's the deal. I'm going to continually do this. I'm going to continually satisfy you, continually guide you. I'm going to strengthen your bones. He says, I'm going to begin to, to bear fruit out of you. I'm going to begin to go forth that all of a sudden that water just comes out of you. Water of living life that's there in you is going to begin to be shared to the world. But it says at the beginning, if you offer yourself this way, if you'll give yourself to him in doing what he's called you to do, then, he says, then your light will rise in darkness. Then your gloom will become like midday. Then the Lord will continually guide you and satisfy your soul, give you strength to your bones, and you'll be like a water garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. But the thing is, will you say, yes, Lord? Will you go forward? If you pour out yourself to God, God will pour on you. That's what it's saying. If you'll give yourself away, God will give you so much more. You'll be the light in the darkness. Your desires will be satisfied, and you will not fail. Yes, Father God. Yes, Lord. Hmm. Yes, Father. We need you, Lord God. Yes, Father God. Just begin to pray right now. Yes, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Father God. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Father God. Some of you today have not stepped forward because of fear. You've known for so long what you've needed to do. Some of you have been afraid to trust again. Maybe it's trusting God. Maybe it's trusting people. Maybe it's trusting the church. Some of you here that have just been broken. You've been crushed. feel like the enemies had you under his foot rather than him under yours. They feel like you haven't had the strength. 
Maybe you've been knocked off the bus and you haven't been able to get back on. Yes, Lord. Some even here today, some of you watching, maybe you're watching because, and you're not in church because of the fear. Maybe some of you even today have, have called it a strength. I put up my walls because I'm not getting hurt again. And I believe the Lord's saying it's time to break those walls down. It's time to let me in. Not only have you, you put up walls so people can't get in, but you've put up walls that I haven't been able to get in. You've locked me out. I've been knocking at the door, knocking at the door, knocking at the door. I believe there are many of you in this house that, that you've been hurt, and you've been hurt, and you've been hurt. And it's really hard to trust. Some of you, it's so hard to trust that even in relationships, they only go so far. Some of you in your marriage has, has felt like, like you can only get to a certain spot, but you can't get any further. Some of you today, that, that even with God, when you come to God and you've been praying to God, you've been trying to seek His place and you, His face, and you've been coming to that secret place, and you've been getting in your closet before Him, you've been setting aside distractions, but, but you feel like you can't get any further. Some of you don't even realize it, but, but you've been trying to get further and you haven't. He says, but you've put up a wall. You've put up a wall in different areas of your life where, where you've said, I'm not getting hurt again. You've put up a wall in certain things that you've let, never even let other people know. You've put up a wall there. And God said, I've been trying to break it down. I've been trying to do something. I, I'm literally here ready to do it, but you're not ready to let me. You've literally been on your knees crying out to God. You've literally been, been to a place that you've been reading and praying and trying everything. And God says, but the thing I've been trying to let, get you to let go, you haven't let go of. There's been hurt. There's been hurt. And I believe right now in this moment, we've stopped the service because I believe that God is wanting to heal some individuals that have been hurt. You have been hurt, some of you recently, but many of you for a very long time even so hurt that you've even forgot about the hurt, but you've been living in a way that you've been in defense mode rather than offense mode. That when it comes to battle, you're always in defense. You're always trying to block things off. You're always trying to, to defend yourself. When, when the enemy comes at you, you're always fighting, but you're never going and attacking. Attacking is going out and doing what God's called you to do. But it's always been in a certain aspect in your life. Listen, this is for many different individuals. So some of this stuff you're going to grab a hold of and say, yeah, that's me. And there's been some of you that it's been to a place in your life that, that, that even with the hurt that you've, you've tried to even consistently come to church and come to church and come to church and come to church because you're, you're hoping that over time it'll just heal. But God's saying it's not going to happen over time. You've got to let me do it. You've got to let me do it. There's a trust issue. He says, even if you never trust people again, he's saying today, trust me. Trust me. Will you trust me? Even today, as I myself am speaking right now, this isn't about trusting me. This is about trusting him. And the next step that I'm going to give you the next thing that I feel like going forward with is going to be a big step. And here's the deal. There's been trust issues. There's been hurt issues. There's been hurt by other churches, hurt in the past, hurt all these different ways by people and so forth. Even you feel hurt that God has let you down. 
But I'm believing that God's saying that if you'll, you'll step out of it, if you'll step forward, I'm going to call you up in a moment. I wasn't going to do this, but as I'm praying, I hear the Lord saying this. I'm going to call you up in a moment, and I don't even know if anyone will come forward, but God's given you the opportunity to step out of what you're in. And as you walk up here, I believe what God is saying is it will be an act of obedience stepping out of the hurt and into the healing. Stepping out of the hurt and into the healing. The hurt may be small, the hurt may be big. You may be in ministry today. Let me tell you, if you're in ministry today, many in ministry have been hurt. And sometimes what God may even be saying, now you in ministry, you've been hurt, but God's saying, let's step out of that hurt and I'm going to launch you even further. I'm going to launch your ministry even greater, not for you, but for my sake. Maybe you're here today and you say, you know what, pastor, I don't even know the Lord, but I know that I've been hurt and I know that I'm hurting my life and I know that I'm hurting right now and I don't want to hurt anymore. And if God is willing to take it from me, I'm willing to step out of it. And I believe the Lord is saying today that many of you today, it's time to step out of it because God has been trying to use you and time is short and God is ready to use you, but you've got to step out of the past, step out of the hurt and say, God, I'm running towards the healing. God, I'm receiving the healing. Listen, this will not be a, a place and a time that you say, oh, well, I don't know what people will think. This is a place and a time that you rejoice in God, that God is saying your deliverance is now. Your healing is now. It may be small, it may be big, but if you'll set, set aside what people think and say, God, I'm concerned about what you think, it'll begin to change your life forever. This may be no one that walks up here. It may be every single one of you today. We've all been hurt by something, but I ask you, have we really stepped out of it or have we learned to live with it? Have we really put it behind us or is it causing a few things in our life? Is it even causing the way that we respond to people in certain ways because we're afraid of getting hurt again? Is it affecting your job? Is it affecting your relationship? Maybe you feel it's affecting nothing, but you know the hurt's still there and you say, I'm done with it. When you leave the hurt there, you're letting the enemy win. When you let it go, you're letting God win. And right now, as I continue to pray and I continue to, to prophesy right now, I'm going to ask you to begin to come up to this altar. We've been opening the altars. And I believe what God's doing when he's opening these altars, he's healing and he's cleaning because the time is short and God is getting his church prepared and getting his church cleaned and getting his church healed so they can do what God has called them to do. So whoever you are, just begin to come up to the altar. I want you to lay the hurt at the altar. Right now, lay the hurt at the altar. If I could get someone to come up here and play something, just one of you. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's keys, if it's uh, guitar, whatever. But, but if, if whoever you are, I'm telling you, this might be all of you. Come and bring this to God right now. Come and lay it at the altar. Bring it to his feet. If you can't get up here, line up behind him. Line up in another row. If you're at your seat, kneel down. I don't care. But what I know today is God has stopped the service because he wants to have service in healing people. That God is ready to deliver and set people free. That now is the time that God is saying, I'm doing a work, but I got to clean house first. I'm doing a work, but I'm preparing the people for what I'm doing. And I believe that God is getting ready to pour out his spirit in such a way, in such a powerful way that he's saying, I've got a clean house so they can receive all that I have for them. 
They need more room in there to receive what I'm pouring out. And I believe today that God is doing such a work and God is doing such a uh, miraculous thing right now in this house that it's time to accept it. It's time to receive it. I'm telling you, church, it don't matter who you are. It don't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter if you've been hurt by a family member, if you've been hurt by the church, if you feel like you've been hurt by God, whatever it might be, you've been hurt by an employer, you've been hurt by the world, you've been hurt by whoever knows what it might be. If there's hurt in there, don't allow it to stay there. Get over yourself and let God. Get over your pride and say, God, I'm coming to the altar. God, I'm coming to the altar. God, I'm coming to the altar. Then now is the time to give it to God. As we said earlier, when you give yourself away and give it away, then God can begin to come in and give you freedom. God can begin to come in and give more. And I'm telling you today, I believe there's more of you right now that you're sitting there in your head going, well, I have been hurt here and I have been hurt there, but maybe that's not what he's talking about. I'm telling you, God's talking to you today and it's time to receive it. And it's time to say, God, I'm ready for my healing, Lord. You may say, well, I'm hurt, but I'm doing okay. I don't care how okay you're doing, you could be doing a lot better. Just let it go. Let it go. Maybe you're here today and you say, it's not a big thing, Pastor. It's really not. There's something on your mind. And if it's on your mind, God has revealed it to you today. And I'm telling you today, it's not too late to get to the altar and say, yes, Lord. To get to the altar and say, yes, Lord. To get to the altar and say, yes, Lord. This is a time of healing. This is a time of restoration. This is a time that God is saying, I'm getting ready to move. I'm getting ready to do. I'm getting ready to pour out. Let's empty ourselves out so I can fill you up. Let's empty ourselves out today, church. God is doing something. Are you ready to receive it? Are you ready to receive it? Are you ready to receive it? Whoever you are, I know there's more of you. I'm hearing it right now. There's still more of you. You're fighting with it right now. You're fighting with it right now. Stop fighting with it and let God. Stop fighting with it and let God. Whoever you are, doesn't matter. Whoever you are, say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Maybe today and it goes beyond hurt, but maybe you've got a fear. There is a fear of going forward, a fear of doing what Christ has called you to do, a fear of yes, Lord, a fear there. Maybe it's just a fear that you're saying, well, I know what God's called me to do, but I just don't know if I can do it, or I'm, I'm not ready yet. I'm trying to wait, whatever it is. Let me tell you, that fear has been stemmed from hurt somewhere. The Lord's saying that fear has been stemmed from hurt somewhere. If there's a fear of going forward, come up and say, God, I'm giving it to you. I need your strength. He says, he'll give you the strength. He'll give it all to you. But are you willing to receive it? Are you willing to receive it? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Nikki, would you mind coming up? In the name of Jesus. Just receive it, church. Receive it, whoever you are. Just receive it right now. And we're going to worship God and just let it go. We're going to worship God and let it go. And just let it go. We're going to worship Him and say, God, I give you my all. I give you my everything. I put it in your hands. I am telling you what. God has said, open up the altars. And I'm telling you today that God has a reason for opening the altars. God has a reason that he's coming through and he's doing a work, that he's healing even in the smallest places and in the biggest places. (laughs) 
Keep receiving it. Keep receiving it. Let it go. Let it go. Literally tell God right now in your own words. Tell God, God, I'm letting it go. Say, God, forgive me that I've held on to this for so long. God, heal me. I'm telling you, cry out to him now and say, yes, Lord. I'm up here laying it at the altar, God. I'm up here giving it to you, Father God. I'm up here right now. I'm up here, God, because I have faith that you're going to take it from me, God. That you're going to take it from me. Maybe you're here and you say, I've tried forever. I've tried for so long, but it hasn't ever happened. Well, don't give up. Don't give up. You can receive it today. You can receive it today. I believe that God is allowing his people to be healed. God is transforming. God is doing a work. Receive it right now. Hallelujah. Let's worship the Lord.